Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas, and sitting opposite me is the wonderful Derek Jai Singer. Hello, Benjamin. Yes. We have our guest in this episode, a very, very, very funny friend of ours, who yes. is a writer for the project as well as a fantastic stand-up comedian. Please welcome Michael Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah. Thank hey you boys. for coming in, buddy. Thanks for having me. Uh, we've got so much to talk to you about. How long, first of all, have you been You've been in the stand-up circuit for a, a bit now? Five years. Five years. And Five we, years. that's when we first met, is uh, after one of my spots in the, at the local yes. class. And then we chatted and you were telling me you were kind of keen to get into it. And then you fucking hit the ground running. You just went, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this correctly. And you've yeah. been smashing gigs all over the country, really. Yeah, just love gigging, just getting on stage. And you're g- tracking really well, going all good. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, last year... Was it? Two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah. Uh, you had a bit of a health care. Yeah, I got diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer. This was uh, October 2017. October 2017. How old yeah. are you? At the, how old are you now? How long I'm are you 28 now, but I was 26 at the time. So 26-year-old, things are going fairly well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had a partner. You still have a partner. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, yeah, yeah. For, Everything uh, sort of seems to be tracking well. And then what makes you go to the doctor in the first place? Uh, I'd been feeling sick for a while, as in like I'd had like a bunch of symptoms and stuff. Um, for example, like my left, my right testicle is obviously really big, uh, but also like I just been getting a lot of coughs. And... <laughs> I love you said obviously really big. Like, you know, <laughs> I know, you know, I got yeah. big balls, man. Yeah, like but, it's obviously, it's a, you know. <laughs> but I'd always had, I've always had big balls. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. No, so is that true? You've always had big balls. Now the right one, though. So the right one's always been a bit bigger, which is kind of like why I put it on okay. for so long. Yeah. Um, uh, which I don't. I think it's just like. I don't know, not all balls are exactly the same. So I was always like, oh, it's yeah. probably just nothing. They're like snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never, no two testicles look alike. It's almost fall from the sky. It's probably like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's raining nuts. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> raining nuts. Uh, well, we've got the next year's um, theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've been feeling so for a while, but then uh, I only went to the doctor because I was I was really I felt really sick, like I did, like, I felt like I kind of had like a really bad flu, I guess. Right. Um, and so I went to the doctor, and then while I was there, I was like, oh, could you want to look at my testicle because like it's real yeah. big, and uh, and so it was almost like an afterthought that I said, oh, why don't you look at my testicle? Right. And uh, and then he was like, oh yeah, okay, so he sent me for an ultrasound, and it was just confirmed later that day that Fuck. it was uh, that it was cancer. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. confirmed it later that day. Yeah, so it's pretty quick. So were I, you a Alone? When I got the the news, yes, yes. Fuck. So what goes through ahead of that point? Oh, it's so surreal. It's just, um, I mean, I got the phone call from the doctor saying, yeah, the results are back and uh, it's cancer and it's confirmed. And oh, all you're thinking about is like, oh, how do I tell my, how to tell my girlfriend Amanda? How do I yeah. tell my parents? My parents were away on holiday at the time in Spain, so I had to, you know, let them know, which was. Obviously, brutal. God, that I, I, phone call alone is yeah. just. Uh, did you and so you called them while they were on holidays? You called them straight away. I waited about two days because I didn't want to tell them straight away. I thought I'll give them as much time as they can to as I can to, for them to enjoy their holiday. Yeah, yep. you feel like you're almost going to spoil it for them, oh, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. So wait, it'd be before, weird if like they heard that news and was like, "All right, well, we're off to the beach." So um, <laughs> <laughs> we got our yeah. siesta. Yeah. Why did you ruin <laughs> us? Yeah. Yeah. We extended the holiday. Uh, um, <laughs> well, we're just going to. A vineyard now, so maybe give us a call back when you get done the surgery. Can, can just for our listeners' sake and stuff like that, that uh, so you're in the clear now. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you're in remission. So remission would be the term I'd use. Yeah. So the they word? don't give you the all clear until oh, really? like five or six years of right. like clean, clean scan. So remission means that it's uh, it's on its way. It doesn't look like it's around anymore. Is remission, that remission means that there's no trace of cancer trace, in my, okay, my okay, body. Cool. So, so, yeah. Yeah. And so, so given that sort of relatively happy situation now, then mm. let's talk more about that start. <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, I almost was like realized we didn't, like I know you're okay and Ben knows you're okay, but I just realized from a listener's point of view, it's like, you know, we, we, we didn't actually establish and, that you're yeah, fine. Could, now, oh, you this know? could be his make a wish. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams can come true. Dreams can come true. All I want what? is to be on the Fitbit pod. Yes. <laughs> well, we can make that happen, buddy. <laughs> can you imagine getting that in the maker's wish going, oh, God, this one, this is, this is going to cost us nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, is make a wish is make a wish a child's thing only? It is a child. I looked it up. You yeah, looked it, it up. Did you try to get something? I thought about it. Uh, thought what? Uh, what's the cut? Of 18? 18, yeah. yeah. And I was 26, bullshit. If you, I know, if you could, though, if they said you do have an option, what, 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 would, what would pop to mind? Open for Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Burr's attack. I do a tight five at the time. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't know. I mean, I never really have to think about I think I wouldn't even yeah. do it. I yeah, would just sure, feel like I'd be like, I don't know what yeah, I'm Exactly. Because it's like so many, so many. Yeah, this, uh, you know. Because I, 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 like, as it, a child, you can understand thinking in those terms, going, okay, well, I've got this really bad illness. Maybe I'll get a, you know, a PlayStation, whatever it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, but, but I, because yeah. I, I remember I, I, I related to you because when you got diagnosed, I was going through, I was having similar tests as well. So my lymph nodes are quite large and it happened quite suddenly. And I had to have a whole bunch of scans and get tested and have the whole biopsy thing. And the whole time I was like, you know, do I have it? Uh, do I deserve this? Like, I went through all these emotions. Now, in the end, I've been told, uh, you know, that it's like at the moment it's, it's not cancer, but you have to keep on track of it. And this is what I've heard, that you're in remission and then you have to wait, you know, five to seven years. But you're never really out of the woods. Is that true? Or is it come seven, you can forget about it? Like I, I'm always curious about how I hear people that you go, it's in the back of your mind that one day it could come back. Yeah, it's always in the back of my mind, and that's kind of like just something I live with. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I try not to think about it too much, but, you know, every three, six months I'll do a scan or a blood test, and, you know, my mood leading up to that is always pretty shitty. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, I mean, I guess it's just a nice – honestly, it's also a nice thing to be thinking about too. It's always, it always makes you grateful, keeps you grounded. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's also like um, it's a nice thing to kind of be reminded of your own mortality, which is something that I carry with me quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. and did you have it before? Ever? No. Not really. No, yeah, of course not. I've yeah. never had any health issues at all. Yeah. So it was like I just went from zero to cancer pretty quick. Like Yeah, and that's the thing about it, isn't it? That we never realize like you can be the fittest person or whatever. Yeah, like I was super fit. I was still going to gym and stuff, like even after yeah. being diagnosed. Like, yeah, you yeah, that one testicle was doing all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why it was heavier. <laughs> you know, you get yeah. what your right hand dominant. That's what he was right yeah. testicle dominant. Yeah. But, you gotta work on your left testicle. Yeah, right? yeah. Gotta, never skip testicle there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the thing I want to get back to is so so you get the, the diagnosis and then you're so worried about telling your parents and things like that. But um, how uh, did your doctor at the time give you any kind of, you know, do they give you a timeline of sort? Do they say, okay, it's fixable? But, you know, wh- how does that 
how did it go down for you? Because it'll be varied between people. but Because they give you... you the percentages and the facts and the figures, don't they? Yeah, well, but... actually, they don't give you the percentages oh. at the time. In fact, so a lot of the information was hidden from me at the start because That's the way they frame it. They really need to frame it to kind of keep you in a positive mindset. Because at the, ta- at the stage, I was it was stage three, so I had tumours all over my body. I had tumours gone to my lungs, gone to my oh, chest. Oh, wow. Fuck. Yeah, so that's the testicular cancer starts in your testicles and it goes to your lymph nodes in your abdomen, goes to your chest, and then finally goes to your brain. That's so that's you why you're feeling sick in terms of those cough and all those things. Exactly, because I had 100, about 100 tumours in my chest. So I had a wow. cough from all this inflammation in my chest. I had back pain as well because my lymph nodes was causing all this inflammation in my back and muscles there. So, um, yeah, it was kind of these all-round. That's right. You're telling me about the back pain. Yeah. You're saying you went to some various sort of normal, like, you know, just physios and stuff for the back yeah. pain, isn't it? How long did you sit with the back pain for? I reckon six months or so. I was probably pretty, had pretty regular back pain. I thought it was just like I had to stretch or I had to, yeah. ex- or whatever it was. Um, so honestly, it was somewhat relieving to get the diagnosis because at least I felt like, oh, okay, I know what's been going on for the last six months or so. Right. At least like I know what the cause is and, you know, if we if we can fix it, then it's all going to be better. But uh, yeah, yeah, at least you're not in the blind going, why am I in this pain? But when you life? get told yeah. that it's through your lungs and throughout your body, don't you just think, oh, I'm... I'm done for? Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I mean, also the doctors kind of give you super positive. So the doctors are also like, you know, the, for me, it's a very treatable cancer, testicular cancer. They do, they can cure it, whereas some cancers they can't. Yeah. So um, the chemotherapy they've got for it is really, really good. It hasn't really changed in the last 30 years because it's pretty effective. So yeah. it's the same chemotherapy that like Lance Armstrong did and all these guys have done. Right. And uh, it's usually pretty effective. And they started a chemotherapy straight away. And then within a few weeks, they were doing blood tests and they could see that the cancer was shrinking. So Right. Uh, those first couple of weeks were pretty terrifying because obviously, you know, if the if the chemotherapy does, if it doesn't respond to chemotherapy, I'll be dead within a few weeks. Um, but if it does, then you know, I could be cured. So few weeks. Yeah, I reckon so, I probably had weeks to go. So if it wasn't Shit. fuck, if it wasn't diagnosed, you you reckon it was weeks? Yeah, I would have died for sure, pretty quickly. God. Weeks yeah. to months, I would have been dead Mate, for sure. Months, yeah. So I mean, less than six months at least. Yeah, for sure. Now, for sure. Fucking the, hell. The lead up, like, and this is where I, I I'm curious about this because, like, I try to stay on top of my health and get checks regularly. Uh, bowel cancer runs through my family, so it's something that I need to stay on top of it. But with that, not- noticing that your, you know, your right testicle was bigger, didn't your partner also? push you to go see the doctor to get it checked out? Yeah, she was the one that ultimately kind of said, like, why aren't you getting this checked out? So, yeah, she was the one that finally pushed me there. I don't think she, like, I don't know, probably didn't cross her mind. And then I raised it with her as, like, oh, there's something a bit kind of concerned about. And then she was like, just go to the doctor and get it checked out. Yeah, yeah someone was saying um, that it's a guy thing apparently, not to gender stereotype, but apparently guys are just terrible at going to... Oh, yeah. doctors. Oh, yeah. like, yeah, oh, sure. we'll, be, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. Whereas apparently women will go as soon as some like there's regular checks and things like that that women will do. Whereas as guys, we're just like, oh, mate, just fucking shake it off. Or, yeah. and, or the, in the, especially in the country, it's just like, well, if I don't know about it, it's not a problem. Yeah, I think so. And that was also probably my mentality as well. I was like, you know, if I don't go to a doctor and, you know, it's, I, as long as I'm feeling fine, like, you know, I kind of felt like, well, I could just, I'm not feeling, if I had, I was thinking like if I had testicular cancer, I would know. That's what I thought. I thought I'd be pissing blood or something. There'd be something yeah. really overt about it. Were you it. trying yeah. not to go to the doctor to save money because you're a Jew? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Wow. <laughs> wow! I go from the field. Uh, <laughs> what a real shift in tone. That yeah. brings us to our new. It's, it's, it's the it's, Have you learned really... anything from that guy who got hired from SNL? Like they just. But wouldn't it be the office? Wouldn't it be saving money because he know every second doctor? <laughs> I actually did know the doctor. <laughs> 
No joke. No joke. But Dr. Trudy, I was like, I know your daughter. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, the community. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and did, did it run through the family? Had there been a history yes. of uh, no. No any history. sort of cancer? Or? No, the only history we have of cancer is like uh, skin cancer. But that's only yeah. because, you know, back in the Australia, day. Australia. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, there a, is there any knowledge as to how this happens? No. I, so I, I I asked. I was like, is there anything? Do they know why men yeah. get it? They don't really know. It's just a combination of genetics. I imagine it's just a genetic factor. Well, yeah, because to get to the cancer, you know, the genetics, you know, they, they split up and they morph together. And it's like, you know, it's like a 16-step process when genes coming together and, and sort of that, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But anyway, yeah. to, but to get to that stage of getting cancer, you have to be so unlucky. Like, even though it's so prevalent. You know, so Yeah, it's like it's to do with the the – it's genes sort of splitting apart and then coming together and morphing together. So I forget the, what the it's not morphing, but to it's get- all about it. Well, cancer is just basically the uncontrolled regulation, uncontrolled replication of cells. Yes, thank so, you. So uh, yeah, so there's like a number of like genetic um, factors that contribute to cells replicating, and you're meant to when cells do replicate too fast, there's meant to be mechanisms to stop that in the body. But sometimes because of genetic fails, you don't have that. Anyway, basically, I got cancer, and it's like a one in four testicular cancer, testicular cancer things like one in five hundred men will get it. So Wait, it's right. pretty rare. Right, but uh, if you do get it, it's uh, usually in your twenties or early thirties. It's, oh, okay. it's usually right, okay. like young guys. So if okay. you're in your forties, you've probably dodged that bullet. Right, right, and there's obviously things like prostate cancer and things like that later yeah, on in your life. But <laughs> you yeah, worry about the other shit. But yeah, um, so but yeah, it's usually for young men. Um, fuck that that the, the the fact that it was weeks or months away is is really shocked me to my core but um which is probably why i made that jew joke just to fucking <laughs> but, make me feel so then you you go through the process you tell your family you get your support network around you which i assume would be absolutely phenomenal and being in a relationship would have you know you're still together now so to go through something like that i can't imagine how much that has even brought you guys even closer together than you what you were what you already were yeah but then you have to have an operation now have you had the testicle removed yeah so i went and i got diagnosed on friday on the monday i went in to have the right testicle removed Mm -hmm. and then on thursday i started chemotherapy yeah tell me about chemo uh it was pretty it's pretty rough in the sense that it's all kind of like i think the most people's impression of chemotherapy is what they see in movies and tv like that so but it's a little bit different in that um, what I learned was, first of all, it's like super regimented when you do chemotherapy. It's like, okay, Monday you do this, Tuesday you do this, th- Wednesday you do this. Like, So I was doing like uh, five days of chemo in a row and then I would have – And so for people who don't know, chemo is basically a uh, essentially radiation, like a type of poison? Uh, no. It's not different to radiation therapy. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but chemotherapy is essentially – yeah, it's. Uh, I mean it's essentially it's a toxic substance. Yeah. Uh, that they hook you up onto a drip and they feed it into your body obviously right. slowly over a number of hours. Oh, so you did through so intravenous drip? Yes. And did you do it orally as well? Uh, you, there are some oral tablets for some cancers, but yeah. not for me. Yeah, no. okay. So my chemotherapy was all via a drip, so I'd hook, be hooked up to a drip for um, – there are different ty- – I had to do two uh, phases of chemotherapy treatment. So the first phase was five days in a row of like six hours of chemotherapy uh, of being hooked up to a drip. And then the second phase was five days in a row of being hooked up to a drip for about 14, 15, 16 hours a day. Wow. So, and yeah, so the second you, phase was a lot more intense. And so when you then, after your first few and stuff like that, when you know it's that time again, do you, you is it a dreadful feeling to know that you have these next 14 hours with this? Yeah, for sure. But it's also like, I was also thinking like, let's just get through this shit and then right. I've got a break. So I think right. also part of it was, 
because it's so regimented, you know, like when you get your breaks as right. well, which is really helpful. And what do you feel? Is it, so it's a type of like basically, a, you know, toxin running through your body. So mm. what, what are you feeling? Are you feeling nauseous? Are you feeling pain? So usually, so um, basically the symptoms build up over a number of days. So I would do like five days of chemo in a row. So the first few, the first like two, three days, I was probably okay. Mm. So, but um, by day four, five, and then six and seven, they're pretty rough days, to particularly like day six, which is after you've just done five days of you know just had this toxin just running through your stuff by day six you're pretty fucked um but yeah the symptoms you're for, are like, fucked as in tired and exo- oh. incredibly tired sick and extremely it? nauseous yeah. you're probably throwing up quite a bit you have right. you can't really eat right. um extremely tired but like it's so fatigued that the best way i can describe it this doesn't do it justice but the best way i can describe it is like you know when you you're on at the end of a 24-hour flight and there's like two hours to go and you're on the plane mm. and that just over exhaustion and tiredness right it's kind of like being in that state but on a heightened state but also right. for a number of days yeah. Right. So You're it's like, like fuck, just be over with already. Yeah. yeah like right. so tired that I couldn't even watch TV because I couldn't open my eyes. That's kind of how tired I was. Right. Like just staring at things was exhausting, would make me dizzy and, and throw up and vomit and stuff. So yeah, there were a few days where it was just you just kind of lie in bed and Do you, you know, have visitors at this point? Uh, are you allowed visitors? Or? Yeah, yeah, you are for sure. Um, As in during the chemo, I mean, sorry. Yeah, like, you are. I mean, there's a risk of uh, picking up infections and things like that during chemo because it's because your immune system. system is so compromised. <sighs> yeah, so for some versions of chemotherapy, particularly ones that wipe out your bone marrow, they uh, you can't really have visitors or you have to be like kept in isolation for a period of time but uh the chemotherapy that i did definitely suppressed my immune system but then what they do is on uh day six just after i've done five days of chemo they give me an injection that uh boosts your immune system so my immune system will like, drop heaps and then they give me this injection that you'd see on the on the blood test you go st- skyrocket yeah and then slowly comes down over a period of time so and that's to protect pre- you know pre- prevent me from getting pneumonia or whatever other types of diseases right. that can really complicate your treatment and this, how long were you in the hospital for in total? Uh, well, I did. So I did uh, in total. I did twenty four weeks of chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and in addition to that, I had uh, five dis- five different rounds of surgery on different parts of my body to remove. Mm. Uh, sometimes it was scar tissue they were removing, but they have to basically if they ever after they do chemotherapy, they do a scan of your body and they'll see um, white spots on your body, and those white spots can be cancer. That's is that an MRI? Is uh, an MRI is what they do on your brain. Um, I'm talking about a CT scan. Oh, so is, CT scan. Yeah. So a CT scan basically just like you know looks at your can look at like a they would do it from my neck to down to my pelvis, and it just looks at the entirety of the body. And what they can do is I can see like little. It's amazing how they can spot it, but they can see like little dots mm. basically, and those dots are either scar tissue, which is fine, or they can be inactive cancer, which is also pretty fine. Uh, or they can still be active cancer. And they don't really know what it is on the scan. So if they're not sure, they'll want to go in and do, do surgery. And, yep. and, and they can't just go in with a keyhole. They've got to cut you open properly. Yeah. So I had to do that a number of times so they could kind of go in and see you know, what was left or now, if there was anything left. Now, throughout this process, uh, I guess this is about the family me, are you privately insured? Are you doing this through the whole public system? No, privately insured. Thank God. I mean, it would have been a nightmare going through the public system with this because – Public system means that you don't kind of get priority about who your doctor is. It means that you can't rush thing. You can't do things as fast as you'd want to do them. So, like, I need to do surgery quickly, or like the quicker I would do a surgery, the you know the the likelier or the more information the doctors would have before they make the next decision. It means like we'd have mm. to wait. Um, so, what private health system, insurance did you have? I had uh, Australian Unity. I was on like the mid level, whatever, and I spent cost me fifteen hundred dollars, and I've 
cost them over a hundred grand, which mm. is a huge win. I'm yeah. so thrilled about those numbers. <laughs> that is uh, good investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, my one of my big things is like, if you don't have private health insurance, like you really, like I know for some people it's a real challenge to afford, but like it's an absolute yeah, can, necessity. Right, okay. Like it's well, you should be prioritizing that ahead of so many other things. Mate, I have, I don't have it, and just you saying that just yeah, then, I'm just dude. like, oh, you fucking idiot. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking at like price, like you know, because you know, I'm going through the process of possibly purchasing a property, and uh, and you know, even then, like going, if you have a big mortgage, then you need life insurance, and I've never really looked at it and I looked at my life insurance through my super and it was only like $250,000 and we're like well if something happens to me and you know I pass away and then my partner's left with a huge debt and couldn't afford it so it's mm. that thing where it's like oh I need to increase that to like a mil or 750000 and then it's like you know you're like oh well, you know private health insurance like it's those, it's those things where you go you know it takes a scare or you know you're changing a big part of your life that you go fuck these the amount of people who don't have these things in order like a will like did you have a will before no, no, absolutely not. I don't have. I still don't have a will to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I just figured like I don't, we'll work it out. Well, who's going to get your joke? Yeah, yeah. Ellen Bogan, the other Jew that's in the scene. <laughs> Divided up between like the three Jews left in Australia or something. Um, yeah. um, but the insurance thing is interesting. So that's definitely something I, I want to quickly just delve into so you, you you can't speak highly enough of how beneficial it is for you right yeah but do you have any advice in terms of how to go about picking which insurance you need or anything like that is there any kind of thinking behind that i can't, I can't remember what i did but there are some websites that you can look at that will compare different yeah. packages right. from all of them basically okay. i don't know what they call maybe it's i select i don't know but was this right. the one that you continued through from your family like has your family always been australian unity or is this the one you chose yourself i think that my family had always been with australian yeah. unity and then, you know, when I got to 25, I was always on the family package or whatever. So when I got to 25, I think you're forced to get your own independent one. And so I just kind of, yeah, I got the one that I thought was, I looked at it and I remember thinking like, that seems fine. And then mm. then when I got cancer, I was like, I really hope cancer's covered under this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, imagine if it's like, oh, it turns out it's not. But, <laughs> not you know, cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically not cancer. Yeah, or, sure. yeah, or, yeah. all cancer except for testicular cancer. <laughs> yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I think if you read them, you can. they're not. They're pretty easy to read these days, the policies. like They, they make it pretty simple okay. for you to follow. So, so going like back to the hospital question, so roughly you were there for, what, 24 weeks? Is that six months? Like yeah, well, so six months. I mean, In and was, out or you're there the whole time? Uh, no, no, in and out. So, and you know, out. I'd be in, if I'm doing chemotherapy, I'll be in hospital from days one to six, for example, and then I'll be home for two this weeks. This is a harder question to answer, but roughly like what percentage of that time are you not thinking about it? Or are you uh, just thinking about it all the time? I think you're thinking about it all the time, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, That's like, what I'm trying to get. Like, is, is it hard to like live? Especially if you're in the hospital. Yeah, in the hospital I mean? experience, like, yeah, you're kind of just, like, you know, that's your life. But because, uh, and this is something they don't show you in the movies really, yeah. which is that like once I was, by day 10, for example, of the cycle, so they're 21-day cycles. The first five days I'm doing chemo, then six, 16 days off pretty much. Mm. And then you start the cycle again. And you do that, I did that uh, eight times in yeah. total. Okay. So um, hence the 24-week yes. total. Um, so, but by day uh, probably eight or nine, that's kind of when I start to turn the corner and that's when like the chemo has like left my body and I'm starting to feel a lot better at this point. And then like, you know, I can kind of like walk around and like watch TV, do stuff. By day 10, 11, 12, I go back to the work at the project. I'll be riding and be gigging and just, so kind of like the, the second half of the cycle from days like mm. 11 to 21 are pretty mm. normal days. You know, mm. you know, and you feel, I felt pretty fantastic because like the chemotherapy was working. So it was like the best I'd felt prior you know, it's probably the best I've felt in a long time. Yeah. So those days were great. I was really enjoying those. And then, you know, obviously then the cycle starts again and you go through the whole thing again. How um, how much 
of a personality change uh, have you had pre like pre cancer post cancer like you you already talked about having a bit appreciation being a bit more grateful for the things that you can and because you think about your mortality every six weeks or so uh, mm. six months or so whatever you have to do those tests mm. there is that appreciation of having a more gratitude and being grateful for things but when we had Adam Rosenbach's on the podcast a year ago he was talking about how he got golden staff infection and he was told he might not be able to walk again. And for him now, like the ability to run is something he always just took for granted and now has this genuine like joy that he gets to do this again. Um, what is it have you found for you? You've these noticeable changes in you. Thanks for yawning right into the podcast. No, I was, I was stretching. <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? You know what it is? I was just stretching then because that I just can't stop thinking about I've got something. Like just the whole back, like I've got a little bit of back pain. I was like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's just yeah. really weird. Yeah, like, it's like when someone's eye, if you mention yeah. your eyes itchy, then everyone is. Yeah, and so and just even then, like you, the symptoms. I'm like, I, I, sorry, but I'm just even going. Maybe like I need to. I, like I'm having a checkup on my lymph nodes. I was like, I'll definitely check, but maybe I should get a full CT scan. Like I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's good. like, and this is what's good, and I hope it's for the listeners as well. But it's like you know, you hear those stories, and no, one in five hundred, you know, you can say it's yeah, you know, it's slim chance, but also it's also quite great as well like one in 500 get 500 people in the room and knowing one of them has got cancer it could be you and like in this case yeah. it was you mm. and i think i think that's a great question that dill said is like you know you go through this process and especially being a stand-up comedian like you know has your personality changed enough that you know that yes you're more yeah, grateful what, what, alive? Are, what have you noticed that's changed or and also what have your people around you have they mentioned any kind of changes in you so it's interesting like i don't think i've changed that much and i don't think I don't know. I haven't had people say, "Oh, I think you've mm-hmm. changed." I don't know. I think uh, I think people expect these huge, dramatic changes in your personality when you go through something like this. I think it probably just made me just more resilient and more mature. Going through something that's really, really tough makes you kind of feel like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, I've gone through something that a lot of people right. don't get to go through." And it's right. pretty. It's like I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm grateful for the experience, but I'm kind of like, yeah. I, I've got this unique thing that I've had in my life that you know, 99 of people won't experience, and, and also came out. F- relatively like good at the other end you know what i mean like that's the other yeah. thing as well you got to remember as, as awful as that experience was the fact that you know knock on wood things are good now means that you can view it in a different light do you know yes. what I mean? as opposed to an ongoing struggle do you know what yeah, i mean like I'm, I'm glad that i didn't get uh what i think is was important for me was to not be defined by it Tell in me the about sense that. that like i meet a lot of people who are defined by their sickness and their illness in yeah it sounds like you know, you're like, oh, hey, how are you going? They're like, oh, this is wrong and this is wrong and I've got this problem. And like some people just really get defined by it and it just limits their entire existence and they and, become really negative people. And most of the time it, it becomes negative and so it's like those big changes to your body even if you get to the other side. Like uh, because I, I know a lot of people who've, you know, gone through sickness and health or especially I've got a couple of friends who you know, have gone through Crohn's, Crohn's disease, which is an awful one, and it does affect their life and, and, you know, they have to change the way they eat and everything. But I met one guy working on Ninja Warrior who lost his leg in a car accident and he did the course like he did the course with one leg. It was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. But then even speaking to him afterwards that he said that, you know, he goes, it could have gone two ways. He goes, I lost my leg uh, in a car accident because I was drinking and it was too much. And then instead of just going, oh, that defines me who he is, he actually generally says it was the best thing that ever happened to me because when I lost my leg, I changed my life. It made me appreciate the rest of my body. It made me appreciate my family and just turn that 
negative into the most powerful positive in the world. And you hear people and you read stuff about it, but it wasn't until I actually met someone where you're like, those changes in your life, like you know, you're more grateful for your life because of the happy ending. Him, he actually he did lose something. I mean, you lost the testicle. Yeah. But it's that same thing where he's like, oh, no, I'm now this is all positive. Like to even push away all that negative and go, where was that other leg? But he goes, but before that I never appreciated it and now I, I do. Yeah. So, you know, like. And I know this thing, but you've lost that testicle. Have you replaced it with something? No, you can get a replacement, but uh, I didn't want like to. Like a gold one? <laughs> <laughs> Only for the Jews. They have the gold one. <laughs> uh, no, you can get it. They can put a prosthetic in there. which And it's, you know, the, the, my uh, surgeon said a lot of younger guys will do that. It's to purely a cosmetic thing, isn't it? Exactly. There's it's just no cosmetic. functionality. It just sort of makes it less like having to explain. I mean, for guys that are like, you know, not in a long-term relationship, I'm sure there's yeah. a desire for that, but... I don't really care. And right. my girlfriend doesn't care. They're just happy I'm alive. So, yeah. uh, and it's also like sometimes, you know, they'll put it in and then men will complain that it's really uncomfortable too. Oh, yeah. okay. When you put I, something foreign into your body, there's always risks with that. So, uh, a lot of. Are my you saying you're against foreigners? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you just said? Yeah, you're lucky that I'm on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but it's true. I guess that it's like another level of intrusion into the body. You know well, I mean? exactly. exactly. My doctor said that sometimes he's put it into guys and they come back 12 months later and say, can you take it out? Like, yeah. what an effort to go through another round of surgery. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a societal thing where we've attributed testicles as masculinity mm. and like losing your testicles is like, oh, you got no ball. Like, that. that's the. It's it's more. I, I'm assuming it has to do with that rather I'm than sure, anything. Yeah. It's just like I'm lucky that I've never kind of defined my masculinity yeah. through my testicle, yeah. testicles, or whatever. Yeah, you know? right. I don't really care. Um, uh, what, is there any famous people with one ball? Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. Um, 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 I guess any man he's probably had testicular cancer has probably lost one. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Hitler have one ball? Apparently, yeah. Hitler had one testicle <laughs> as well. So that's the company I keep. Hitler <laughs> and Lance Armstrong, two of the. Uh, <laughs> Of the three, I think I'm the most likely. Oh, of the three, I think yeah. I've probably got the best uh, um, public support on my side. Uh, a dictator, uh, a cheater, and a, a comedian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. And so, um, the fuck, what was I going to ask you? I was going to say, oh, yeah, so, so right. So then it doesn't really define you and stuff like that. But at, that, at some point, then you realize, you know what? You have this story, a unique story. And you chose to talk about it at your stand-up comedy fest, uh, comedy show this year, mm. uh, which is called Fifty Fifty. Yeah. Uh, the poster was really uh, uh, almost unsettling as well because there were f- images of you when uh, you know with shaved head and, and yeah. no yeah. eyebrows and stuff like that. Because yeah. chemo- so with the chemo, did you lose hair and yeah? Yeah, you lose yeah. all your hair. Um, yeah. That's probably the annoying thing. That's one of the most annoying things about it. Not because it's just not because I cared about how I looked. But it was just like it was means, obvious. Exactly. It means that when that when I go out and like I bump into people, yeah, you know, everyone's like, "Are you okay?" So yeah, that's really annoying that you can't. That makes it really difficult to just have a normal life, right? In, in the when you're because you're continually hospital. sharing your story. Yeah, and people and everyone thinks everyone knows that something is wrong, and so that becomes really frustrating to deal with. On if that, that's actually a really psychologically, that's a really difficult symptom to deal with. Yeah. Right. Because you right. can't just, like, you know, you've got your support network and you just kind of want to live your daily life. You want to, mm. you want things to get back to normal and it helps with the healing process. But then, you know, every time if you're stopping or you're bumming into that old uni mate or whoever, just going, oh, my God, are you okay? You look so pale. What's up? You're yeah. like, well, I'm not going to make shit up and go, yeah. you know, I'm performing on a, in a ghost play or just, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just have to yeah. actually In tell hindsight, them. I should have looked yeah. at role. And I, <laughs> I'm auditioning for the Philadelphia, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, I, I've really got method. <laughs> 
<laughs> but then there must be like a like a point where like at the start you, you're trying to explain your story, and then once people have asked you so many times, you probably got it down pat in like three sentences. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, every time you tell someone, you also have to like, um, I, especially I get, when you're sorry to cut you off, especially yeah. when you're saying you're trying to not let it define you, and then people keep going, "Well, what's this? What's you know?" What's well, happening? exactly. Yeah. When it's every conversation you have, you're having, then it kind of does feel like. Yeah. But that's, I mean, how it defines you is really your own personal mindset. It's not, you know, how people think about you is very different to what your identity is. I think. But um, but it was just kind of like what I found frustrating is that you always have to manage another when you tell that to someone, you ha- you're managing them, and that's always that's yeah, yeah. exhausting. Like, it's like. Right. I'm like I'm fine with my situation, yeah. but now I have to make you fine with fine my with situation. exactly yeah like, yeah oh. yeah. And then I just annoy like why do I like who yeah. gives a fuck who goes about fuck about them yeah. exactly yeah yeah. But like that was, you know, emotionally that's exhausting having to tell people and be like, but I'm fine. Don't stress out. Yeah, no, I'm actually okay. You know, how long were you away from work, um, like comedy and writing, and what was it like getting back? Like, what was the first gig back like? How long were you away for? First? Uh, I wasn't away for that long. Probably like a few weeks, but I'm maybe couple of weeks and I was probably back at it you know really so during chemo and stuff you were performing yeah and that was yeah that was challenging going on stage and trying to do jokes when you just looked fucking like you were dying <laughs> yeah, did I'm, you address it the, you do? the first few times I was like fuck this I'm just going to do my normal stuff yeah. I'm not going to even talk about it right. and obviously everyone was like it's it, a bit I, weird you know yeah. like, I now remember I had that exact conversation with you like yeah. I just realised that I had I was like are you okay we, I said in the elevator at the project yeah I think you did and I and I remember that you said oh, oh yeah I just had testicular cancer you just said it straight like you just said it straight like and you've probably been asked a thousand times and i was that person and yeah. i and uh but then you followed it up i remember this you go yeah but i'm on the mend yeah like you flipped it to a positive straight away yeah but that's kind of how what i had to say to uh, that's what i was saying to everyone you yeah know, yeah I be, oh, i've got cancer and i'm gonna die what a horrible thing to say <laughs> Sat in an elevator, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just wanted to open the door, open the door. Can you hit the basement button? Actually, <laughs> yeah. the one that goes right down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was kind of like tough, I guess. I mean, it was, I mean, I was going on stage in denial, I guess, to think, oh, I'll just do my normal stuff right. and, you know, yeah. no one will ever notice. But like, mm. obviously, people notice. Um, but then I said, and then I started being like, oh, I've got to start talking about cancer. If I'm going to go on stage, I have to be talking about cancer. It's ridiculous to not talk about it. Well, tell me about that. Because I'm always curious about the ability to use your life experience in comedy while you're still going through it. Mm. Yeah, that was the that was the tough thing because it's like usually like when people talk about, I guess, traumatic experiences or whatever, it's usually years after the closure has happened, really processed it, and and I really wanted to only talk about it like in a in the future. But then I thought, well, I can't do comedy for twelve months. Then if I'm not talking about cancer on stage, didn't want to take that time off, and I wanted Mm. to do a show and. That was my only experience. I was like, well, I got to start talking about it now, even though I'm still going through it. And if maybe if I can just do it in like a an honest and like mature way and just talk about what I'm thinking about the experience now, then it'll work. Yes. And maybe in years later, I might have a different perspective on yes. everything, and then I'll have a different show about it's it. It's still you know? authentic to who you are at that point in time. Exactly. Yeah. And I th- and I'm sure that if I did the show in a couple of years from now, talking about the experience, it'd be a completely different show. With, yeah. With new ideas in it. Right. But and, um, and also and and new understanding and appreciation of where you are. Like, yeah, exactly. I think reviewing that and looking back at that time, that changes. Like, because um, my question as well is like, especially with testicular cancer, did you have like, you know, wanting to have kids in the future in chemo, have you had to take some of your 
sperm out? Is it frozen somewhere? Yeah, is so it- that's, that's like the first thing that they do. This is just for all men who go through chemotherapy, basically. The first mm. thing they'll do is they'll make you jerk off into a cup mm. because yeah. chemotherapy is a chance it can make you infertile. That's just one of the right. symptoms. I think it's like one in ten chance or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I had to do that in advance, yeah. which is what it's pretty standard now for all, all men. Is it one cup? Is it two? Like, is it a liter? <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of cum, so... <laughs> <laughs> big balls after yeah, all yeah, so. big balls. what's uh, you know the stereo- again going back to television and movie stereotype about you know um, sperm samples and stuff like that where there's like magazines of porn and stuff yeah, yeah. Is, is that is it like that yeah it's so gross oh really it's so like you walk in I mean like I mean they make it as professional as possible whatever like you walk into this room and there's a leather couch and then there's a TV really? and they got magazines and a leather couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Well, wow. obviously they want something that you can clean pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Good point. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Like everything is like it's a real sterile. Kind is of there thing. a DVD player? Like, is there? Yeah, I think there was a DVD player. And what films Spare were socks. available? I didn't watch. I was just like, I'm just going to go in here and fucking just get through you this. You on the mind, memory bank. Just went mind over matter, basically. Do you remember? Really? Which what? was really difficult, though. <laughs> fucking hell. Somehow worse well, than anything uh, To be honest, I, what a hard wank. Like, what a hard it's wank to do. It's the worst wank of your life. It's the worst wank of <laughs> Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Dill just fell off his chair. Actually, actually, Dill just broke the chair. Are you okay? Okay. I think that's the first, ladies and gentlemen. Bill laughed so much that he broke the chair. Um, It's the worst, the hardest wank you'll have, and that just was it for me. Is the computer okay? Because I fell for the computer. I think we're all still. I think you knocked over the computer. Oh, the chair is gone. The chair is broken. We'll have to let Evan know about that one. Uh, Wow. Uh, The hardest wank ever. You know, imagine, you know, like, like on the philosophy. Death on your mind at that point, right? Sorry, death is on your mind. Like oh, that's what yeah, you're, I'm really and you're about I've to lost, go into chemo. Plus, I just lost my right testicle, so I was kind of. Also, in a the lot testicle's of, gone at that point. Yeah, my testicle being. Taken was that the away first wank post operation? Yes, so <gasps> operation was on Monday, and then Wednesday I have to go. But sorry, and also Sirius says I'm sorry, but I can't take requests right now. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> my watch is fucked off on me. Um, oh man! So, so you, you, it's the first wank. Post surgery, yes, in a room with a leather couch, yeah, and I'm you've in a got lot of pain. I'm on a lot of painkillers as well. You're like, a lot of painkillers. Ah. I've got. I'm full of cancer. So like you, it's a lot of lots, a lot of gains. Is there still scarring? Is it there still like yeah? yeah. Sure. Well, like, I mean, this, this oh, that would spur like you on. Abdomen, yeah. the, <laughs> a bit of painless, like gives you a little. And you go. So really, <laughs> if you think about it, is you don't need porn. What you're getting off is just the. The need to be able to keep your gene line going through. 100%. That's the motivation. <laughs> so it's like evolution. 100%. It's, just, it's, it's the purely... moment of your evolution. Like, that is your way. I need to. That is amazing. I'm um, thinking we evolved for this purpose. That's kind of. I'm thinking uh, millions of years of human evolution has led me to this moment. Yeah, right. That, that, and, and, oh. and, and not to sound inappropriate or whatever, like, but is there. Option like you can have your partner in there at least. Like from, I was watching Scrubs the other day, and then Turk has to give a sample, and his wife comes in and you know oh, really? starts him out. I don't recall being offered that. I mean, yeah. my, girl, my girlfriend was there, so was my mom. A horrible experience. Yeah, probably prefer your girlfriend. Again, <laughs> okay, your mom can go in with you. All right. Um, <laughs> All right, we need some help. We need some help. Well, Amanda's gone to the bathroom. It's so for the grandkids. Oh, look, I used to change your nappies. Yeah, it's different to jerking me yes. off. <laughs> Um, fucking hell. That is um, just, so. Yeah. So there's no like you can't bring someone in or anything like that. Do you talk? I, I, I mean, maybe you could, but I wasn't. It I was feels like a more of, healthy. Yeah. F- in a weird way, it feels like a more um, 
acceptable thing than but a I guess stack of porn that someone, someone yeah. else. But the sample can't, like, the, for instance, the sample can't have, um, like, it needs to be as clean as possible. I would have thought so, yes. Yeah, so you, you probably want the less other, you know, saliva. Yeah. Saliva. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe fecal matter. I don't know how everyone gets off here. I mean, but the point. <laughs> so, but I, I, that, no, I'm sure that's actually a factor. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. the more people in there, the more likely and, it can be true, contaminated. It's true. Because like, you don't want it. And then my question is. <laughs> I just love the lab technician. Just running the sample. We can't use this because this piece of fecal matter. What are they doing there? <laughs> what are they- so, but were you in the gown? Like, were you just in the gown? Like, were you in normal clothes? Uh, no, I was in normal clothes. Okay, so because I'm just thinking, you're in, you know, you're in the in the ground with the back bit open, you know, beating off one with no thing, just yourself, and the idea that you're going to possibly. Do die. they give you like a bag to put it in to give it back, or you just come out with the it's like a, little, a transparent? Yeah, you, you go in like a little cup, and yeah. then you put that in a bag and right. seal the bag as well. As I well. love it that when you become a parent, and if you do uh, in the future, you have a great one over your child because yeah. yeah. you can literally say, "Do you know how lucky you are to be here? <laughs> right. Do you even comprehend what it took for you to be here right now? Like, it's an amazing story. Yeah, like, it is. It is the hardest wank, but it might be the wank that will also allow you to to have a family in the future. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's, it's just so much. You, have you had to be tested for fertility since then and found out if you're okay or not? Uh, I actually haven't, but because I mean, there's no point doing it. Um, at this point yet anyway, because you need to wait a while after oh, okay. chemo yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. there's no point doing it. I'll probably, gotcha. I'll probably do it in another year or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's also like, as a, as a friend of mine put it, there's no point in checking your fertility. Also, if you're not going to try it, like, is it? Like, yeah. And we're not at the stage anyway. So yes. it's not really on um, my mind. Has, uh, have you uh, had, to go through counselling, like um, psychologist or therapist or anything like that, to talk about that stuff. No, no. no. I mean, the stage is your therapy. Yeah, exactly. I just use people for that. Um, no, I mean, I was offered like a psychologist, like all the way through the process. Yeah, but I was like, what do I mean? What am I going to say? Like, just test material on them. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I have. <laughs> yeah, my entire show from last year was just chats with my therapist. Yeah, it's like, expensive. <laughs> I don't. Know, I just thought like. Um, I like I know why I'm not happy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's like sure, but there's a coping mechanism. Like you, yeah. you can know a problem and then find a solution that might be you know you might find your own solution, but they might have tools that are quicker to get to those. Yeah, sure. And in terms of your partner as well, like for her, how has she found? I mean, it would be a pretty hectic experience. How long had you been dating before you got diagnosed? Uh, we've been together for like eight years or so. At that point, eight yeah, years, yeah. and then so now it's been another two or so. Yeah, so we're up to ten now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it is that sort of. Thing, I guess she was a lot more invested in your whole story already anyway. Yeah, exactly. Not that I'm saying that it changed, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, this is our, it's not, sorry, this is weird, but it's like, it's not your cancer, it's our cancer. Yeah, 100%. Kind of, That's the mentality that you kind of need to have. When and, you and, and, and it can go, it can go both ways. Like, I, I have known of people who have been in a relationship and I know of a couple where uh, he had bowel cancer and had his whole bowel removed and his partner was there throughout the whole process, like there through thick and thin. And when he fully recovered, he broke up with her. He broke up with her? Yeah. It's an interesting move. Wow. Like, it's very bold. Yeah, but it's just that thing where he's like, but then he you know, he, he, he had a, a different look on life. He, he goes, it's not that he wasn't appreciative and doesn't, he loved her, but he wasn't in love with her anymore. And, and whether that's a hang up of everything and she was associated with that, that he then had to to move on, but it's amazing. The part I, that he loved about her was in his bowels, and they took yeah. it out. <laughs> oh, brutal! 
<laughs> but it's that thing where it's like, you know, like it's like to get at the end, I, and I'm always fascinated in like as a relationship and as a unit, then one of you goes through such turmoil that it's actually both of you are going through it. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, at the end you, you, you picture a life together and that, that can actually you know be put on hold or taken away from you. So then to get to the other side and have such a uh, such a good outcome uh, and that's why I was quite surprised when Dill asked, like, that you didn't have any therapy along the way, that maybe you did have that support network and it was strong enough for you to be yeah, able to... I was also very fortunate that I had really good people yeah. around me all the way through it. I think if I was alone, then yeah, I'd sure. probably need that. But um, no, I was pretty fortunate. What does gallows, gallows humor mean? It's like dark humor, isn't it? Something like that. When yeah. You about. So, yeah. So when did the humor start? Like once as much as it was awful and stuff, were you finding ways to joke about it with your family and stuff? Yeah, I think pretty from pretty early on, really? I think. Right. Yeah, I think like, I mean, I think just coming back from that wank with my girlfriend and mother right. in the other room was just yeah. pretty funny already. Do you yeah, talk about that? It's so strange yeah, to know that your mom and, yeah, like they, they know what you're doing in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Would it be weirder if it was one of those doors with one of those windows through? <laughs> so they can see your face. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> just check on it. Mom's yeah. like, don't worry, uh, sweetie, he's to spend 20 hours oh, in no. showers as a kid. <laughs> what so. is the conversation between your mum and your girlfriend oh, while you're doing I, it. That's what I've been thinking about for, for so long. Like, what do they talk about? Like, you know, like, you know, like, does your girlfriend tell your mum? He's like, no, nah, he's got this in the back. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, he was always good at sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He needs a shower. I don't know. Usually the long showers is what... I've always thought mum would through. just turn to my girlfriend and go, does he usually take this long? <laughs> Great guy. Go in there. Give him a hand. So yeah, to speak. Yeah. Go in there. We've got things to do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tag team in that's there. That's amazing. I said that we've got, we got to wrap it up. Like, we, we, this just flew past. and, and, and That's so why I was keen to just jump into it. And apologies yeah. if we got straight, not without any kind of thing, because I knew we'd have a lot to talk. And I feel still feel like we haven't really... Talk because I do want to know whether, like, yeah, uh, did you find a bit of a catharsis from being able to now talk about it on stage, or is it kind of a pain of reliving it every night as you go through it? It depends. Like some shows, it's like, ugh, can't be bothered doing this again. And some is that shows... just normal comedy though? Like, you know what I mean? Sorry. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sort of I mean, I felt that about all my shows. Yeah, sometimes. but I mean, more like, is the content because it's so personal and because it was, let's be like, you know, life. You know, shocking moment in your life, having to revisit that was that a difficulty or was no? You just looked at it as material at the point. Uh, yeah, I think it, it comes to a point where it's just material. I yeah. think, and like I was, it were, I was surprised at how kind of emotionally attached I was from a lot of it. Yeah, when I was right. Doing the show. Yeah, because like, we talked I, about closure before. Yeah, so you felt like you might have already hit it quicker than you thought. I, I don't know. I mean, I was just surprised at how I was like doing the show and like almost like real. I felt very distant to the material, which I probably probably help the show. I think mm. you don't want to be kind of emotional yeah. on stage or anything. What um, was, yeah. What was the reaction like from audiences uh, who were affected by something like this in their own lives? Did uh, you have a sense of people coming up to wanting to share their story with you? Yeah, people would always like come up and people who had cancer would often come up to me and chat to me after the show. And that was, I mean, I think they they obviously enjoyed it the most out of anything. They can relate to it. Yeah, because it's just so, they completely understood everything that I was talking about. And uh, yeah, it was really satisfying that they really enjoyed the show. Because I was worried about also doing the show and then perhaps, you know, trivializing cancer or not doing justice to like the horror of the whole experience, mm. which you can't really do in a comedy show. Mm. So I was worried about 
other cancer survivors feeling like I had misrepresented the experience. So I just made sure that the show was just only about my. Yes. It was just really personal. Yeah, yeah. And it was right. just like, this is just my experience. This and, is what happened. That's right. And I wouldn't. And I, I think I made it clear that people shouldn't try to extrapolate from my experience what it's like for everyone else. Because right. it's all yeah. very different. Right. And you have, and like nowadays, you have to spell that out. You don't want people to take it the wrong way. You have to spell out, this is my, per- like, this is me. Yeah. I think I deliberately made, I mean, I had like ideas about cancer survivors broadly, but I just dropped the, all those ideas because I thought that I didn't want to make statements about, you know, I didn't want to make broader yeah. statements. I just wanted to talk about myself for an hour and that, yeah. and then that was probably the safest way of dealing with it. No one can accuse you of being authentic, inauthentic. inauthentic it's just your own. Well, I'm just talking about yeah. the true things that happened to me. Yeah. And Amazing. What's next? Uh, writing a new show, just yeah. writing a new show, and just trying really hard not to talk about cancer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, show. yeah, totally. I'm just like, I need to get away from that material and just use some well, new ideas. Well, you still got the juice ideas. stuff, so. Got the juice stuff, yeah, so I'll come back to that probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the, have you got, what's your social medias and stuff like that? Uh, just my name, Michael Shaver, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, people can see. Yeah, you gig around heaps around the Melbourne well, yeah, You definitely. also do most of the festivals and the safety yeah, circuits. In fact, my show 5050 is going to be uh, on my website soon to download. And prolific. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, right, so where can, did you ta- tape it? Uh, at the Comedy Festival, Melbourne Comedy Festival. Lovely. Yeah. That's awesome. And you are very prolific on Instagram. I have seen probably more stand-up of you on Instagram <laughs> than I have seen you live on stage, which is amazing. I'm yeah. kind of envious. I was like, oh, you've, you've just got so much footage. Uh, we're on Fitbed Pod, Ben Lomas Comic and Dilruk J on the various social medias. Do like us. Uh, sorry, do like us. <laughs> uh, give us a review on iTunes and all of that. Uh, and, and spread the podcast. Don't forget yeah, to spread it. Shafe, thanks, man. This is uh, this is truly incredible. Thank you so much yeah, for being really. um, comfortable and sharing all of oh. that. And uh, I guess the I do just to quickly wrap up. Uh, I guess the main takeaway points would be, if anything, is uh, get health insurance, private health insurance, definitely. Uh, and in terms of checkups, like what what is there is there anything you could have done differently or better that would have made your experience like you know what are the things that you wish more people knew. Um, that you now know. Just go to a doctor if you're ever unsure. If yeah. you have a suspicion about something and it's kind of like nagging at you for a, you know more than a couple of days, go to a doctor. Don't leave uh-huh. it because uh, if if I if I lived any longer, I would have died. And if also if I'd gone earlier, it would have been such an easier experience for me right. and my girlfriend. I could yeah. have probably just had the testicle removed and then no chemo, the nothing. Before you know, the before it spread. Yeah. So. And, and to add on that is like you know it just because you don't have a family doctor uh, or you don't have a doctor that you see regularly, it doesn't matter. Like go see the doctor, regardless yeah. if you've never seen them before. Some people go, oh, but I don't have a family doctor. I need to find a co- doctor. I feel comfortable about it. Don't wait. Whatever you do, just don't wait. Yeah, yeah. just go just in. Find a doctor. There's doctors at Bulk Bill, and just go to them if you yeah. really have, if you really can't afford it. Just, just be on top of it. Just, I mean, I was 26 and just thought nothing could ever happen. Yeah, to me. That and also, and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Like I have, you know, my, like a very close family member of mine uh, realized that you've got to stay on top of it yourself. Like mm. we don't have a unified system here where all your records are on the one system. Like, mm. The fact that we don't have that is just is ridiculous. But you have to stay on top of everything. But again, I can't, especially focusing on the men out there. Women do it, do do it better. But men, even if you, you know, even if it's a small mole on your arm, you go, oh, that's a bit weird. That's grown recently. Go check it out. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. The earlier you get onto shit, the so it's so much easier. Awesome. All right. Thanks, heaps, brother. Thanks, really mate. And great to know that you're all good, man. Thanks, boys. We'll see you next week, guys. Yeah. Bye.